Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, all one word. Are you a male elephant who grew up without a father? Are the neighborhood rhinos starting to look good to you? So I'm listening to the new Cut the Bull, Wilford Riley's podcast. Great podcast, check it out. They're talking about whether or not it's, if you're fat, do you choose to be fat? Or is it not your fault? And Riley, he always brings the stats. So like in 1960, uh, maybe about 10% of people were fat. And now maybe 33% of people are fat. And like a good chunk of those are morbidly obese, like real fat. And so Shamika comments. I called her Shaniqua the other day. That was wrong. It's Shamika, and she is a firecracker. I'll tell you that. She says what she thinks more than anyone else, pretty much on any show. She doesn't mess around. But she is, uh, whatever. She thinks it's, a, it's, it's, it's up to you. It's your decision to get fat. You know, you decided to eat that thing. And then she's talking about a hypothetical woman who's like, I'm still trying to lose the baby fat. You know, the fat that I gained when I gave birth. And she's like, your kid's 12. But that got me thinking about, there's like a lot of uh, famous Hollywood actresses, you know, that will have a kid. And then they'll come back, you know, a few months later and there'll be news articles about like, you know, about how skinny they are. Basically, they're not, they didn't gain a bunch of baby weight. So I think it's a little unfair to compare normal people to them and to praise them so much. I mean, I don't know if they're, they probably don't praise them anymore. That would be called fat shaming. But, you know, up until a few years ago. I'd be the cover of People magazine all the time. But my thought was like, how much money, you know, in various ways goes into uh, keeping that actress fit after they have a kid? Like, you know, how much does an actress make an hour? Like $1,000 an hour? Well, that actress probably works out, you know, for 100 hours or something after the kid. So there's 100 grand. 100 grand, uh, time, time is money right there. And then they probably spend 50 grand on a personal trainer. I mean, you know, you don't want to have to motivate yourself. So you just, who knows, you have a personal trainer that shows up at your house. You feel like sleeping in, but the trainer's there. And, you know, and that, that will get you up. Like, you know, that works great. If only everyone could have that, we'd all be rocked. And then, you know, maybe you spend 50 grand and get a personal chef. I mean, that's probably enough for not enough for a personal chef. But what you could do is, like, you know, there are chefs that will make all your meals for you and then they just get delivered to your house. So for 50 grand, you can have nothing but stuff that tastes good and doesn't make you fat. So I think basically for about 200 grand, uh, a famous woman can have a baby and in six months just be like fit as hell, better shape than she ever was in. And the body is weird about fat. Like if it gets used to fat, it wants to go back to being fat. So, you know, if you get fat and then you get skinny, your body is like, it's like, you know, it's, it's skulking in the night. It's, it's hiding behind every corner, just trying to get you back to being fat. So if you have a kid, like, you want to knock off that weight right away and not let your body get trained that, oh, yeah, you're a fatso, right? Hmm, I think that's a word we should bring back, fatso. I like that word. So they bring up an interesting study about fatherlessness among elephants. Apparently, like, an elephant herd has, you know, there's the matriarch, but there's also a uh, main male elephant. So you got to have both of them for well-behaved young male elephants. And sometimes poachers will, like, go in there and shoot the main male elephant, and so now you got all these elephants that don't have a father figure. And they'll just, whatever, they'll get more violent, they'll uh, 
go raid the plantations of humans, you know, which is something that might get you killed. And the funniest thing is, they're like rape a rhinoceros. So I'm listening to the latest of the weeds with Matt Iglesias. He's got a lady on who wrote a book on free speech. She says something interesting. She says that throughout history, the people who have needed free speech protection are the marginalized people who are challenging the power structure. And I don't think she or Matt realize, but, you know, so basically, if you go by that, the current marginalized group is Trump supporters. And again, I'm not a Trump supporter. I just hate people with TDS. But, you know, who is Facebook kicking off Trump supporters? You know, what's uh, Twitter doing? Kicking off people who uh, won't use the pronouns of transgender people. Who can sing along to every word in a rap song? Uh, well, it ain't white people. So, you know, just basically, you know, using that heuristic where the people who are silenced are the powerless and the marginalized, then uh, right now, you know, white men, uh, conservative white men, I guess those are the most powerless, marginalized people. And they're fighting the power structure. The power structure would be, you know, media, social media, and uh, I guess this time around the White House, although obviously that changes every time. I believe the Biden administration is pushing for more censorship on Facebook and whatnot. The next thing they're talking about is there was a book by Abigail Schreier about transgender stuff. I think it was about how um, young girls today are getting convinced by the by social media that they're trans, and then they're going out and trying to become trans, and then a good chunk of them are like, you know what, I was never trans at all. But that's considered transphobic. And so anyway, so she wrote the book, and then Amazon banned it from their bookstore you know, from Amazon.com. And so this lady is, you know, apparently she has an organization that supposedly supports uh, free speech. And so her reason, you know, her organization was against Amazon banning that book because, you know, oh, now people are going to hear about the banning and want to read it. You know, the idea that, whatever, if there's bad ideas out there, you, whatever. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. So, you know, you let... You don't ban that book because if it has bad ideas, you want people to look at it and read about it and then discuss it and show that it has bad ideas. Now, I think that's it's wrong for one reason and it won't work for another reason. The first thing is you, you can't be like, oh, this one has bad ideas. That's why you shouldn't ban it. No, you just you don't ban books because you don't ban books. That should be full stop. And the other thing is I'm I'm pretty sure that Abigail Schreier researched her book like crazy good, you know, like... Some trans activist on Twitter is saying, you know, 10 false things a day, none of it backed up by any, any evidence, whereas Abigail Schreier is going to cross her T's and dot her I's, and everything she says is going to be true. So, you know, you can't, you know, uh, oh, she has bad ideas, we need to ban it, uh, and then people will realize the ideas are bad. The ideas aren't going to be bad. I mean, people want to ban stuff that is true. That's the... That's the problem here. You know, it makes things challenging. People want to ban stuff that's true. And then Matt's point is good. I mean, this applies to, you know, this applies to all the big social media companies or Amazon too. Uh, you know, if some single bookstore somewhere in America wants to ban a book, who cares? But we're getting to the point where like almost every book in the in America is sold on Amazon. So, that's it. That's you know, that's a uh, if the government could ban it, they couldn't ban it any better than Amazon can ban it. Amazon is not just some bookstore, some private company that can do whatever it wants. It's different. It's an almost total ban.
They're like a public utility. Oh, the power company just turned off your power. Well, why don't you go get power from the other power company? Oh, wait, there is no other power company. So the lady's talking about how the left is, you know, censoring people. The left is against free speech. The left doesn't want people to say things that they don't want to hear or they don't want to, that they don't want to have said. Like, they're not going to listen anyways. They just don't want someone to say that and they wouldn't listen anyways. But the lady's like, what's their justification? And the justification is basically that white men in the past did bad things. It's the old two wrongs make a right. You know, like powerful white men censored non-powerful, non-white, non-men or whatever in the past. And so it's okay to do it. So basically it's just revenge. It's okay to do revenge. You know, you do an eye for an eye and then everyone's real happy, right? I guess it's basically like uh, because transgender people have been discriminated against, then they don't have to hear about the truthful fact that young women are getting brainwashed into thinking that they're transgender and then regretting it afterwards. And because of slavery, black people don't have to hear the truthful fact that cops are not racist and they're not hunting them down. It's actually the crime rate that's the problem. And women don't have to hear the, you know, because they didn't get the right to vote, they don't have to hear the fact that the gender wage gap is made by decisions of their own and not because of society. All right, who else we got here? Who else can I attack? Hispanics. Hispanics can't. Oh, wait. Hispanics don't really give a F. They're just out there doing good. Well, Asians, you know, they don't have to hear. Oh, wait. Asians don't care about free speech problems. They're just out there doing good, too. Or, you know, because we didn't let gay people get marriage, they don't have to hear about. But I don't think they care anymore, either. They're also down out there doing good. So they get to an interesting viewpoint on the subject. Matt's like, well, as you live in a more diverse country, you know, and then every, whatever, every group gets to say what cannot be said by the other people, then, a, you know, a diverse country is just going to inevitably lead to censorship, a more, sens- a more censorious country. And the lady, let me tell you, she, like, she's on the Facebook um, Supreme Court you know, she's supposedly a, a free speech uh, advocate. She ain't my kind of free speech advocate. You know, I believe in complete and utter free speech. If you don't want to listen to it, that's fine. You know, just go by the Constitution and the laws. But anyways, what she thinks that a more diverse country means is that people should just learn to self-censor themselves. So, you know, like if there's something that shouldn't be said, uh, you should just not say it yourself. But that's, whatever, that doesn't solve anything. Because people are like... I want to say that. That's the thing that's being censored, and I still want to say it. So telling people to self-censor ain't the solution to free speech. At least not today. But every, you know, every, you know what? Everything that comes up in this, it used to work fine, right? America was okay with free speech. Everything was great. Uh, the ACLU was defending the rights of Nazis to march if they wanted to. And if you wanted to be like a crazy person in your little town spouting off uh, offensive things... Whatever, you were covered by free speech, and everyone just ignored you and called you a crazy person, and that was the end of it. But now, because of social media, right, that crazy person can go on there, and then turns out every town has a crazy person who wants to talk like that and listen to other people talk like that. And so, you know, how many towns are in America? A million towns or something? So now you got a million people talking about that stuff. They can get together. They can form a community before they couldn't. You know, it used to be like, oh, at your uh, knitting club, well, you just, everyone understood you only, you, only certain subjects were on the table. You couldn't talk about whatever the heck you wanted at the knitting club. 
you get kicked out of the knitting club. But now anyone can go create a Facebook group and, uh, you know, if that's a thing that people want to talk about, they'll get a bunch of people on there talking about it. Whatever, it just made me laugh, so I'll mention it again. She's going back to the thing that I mentioned at the beginning, where it's like, oh, you know, if the disadvantaged and the non-empowered, you know, want to speak, you know, we need more free speech. And she has no clue that the people being censored today are white men, and I don't think she would call them disempowered. I don't think she'd call them whatever. You know, she's thinking that basically poor black people are going to be able to speak, and that's what's so great about free speech. She doesn't realize she's fighting for the other side. She's the enemy within. The call is coming from within the house. Whatever. This lady is an idiot. She thinks that as the people in charge of the media get, you know, more female and more black and brown, that there's going to be more diversity of opinion. That is ridiculous. The whole thing has been completely captured by the left. Which would be fine if they were willing to, you know, stick to things that are true, but they're not. Or maybe she's not an idiot. Maybe what you have to say is that free speech is good because it helps black and brown people. And then people are like, oh, okay, sweet, sounds good. Let's implement free speech. And then, ha, 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 turns out I was trying to help conservatives. Well, I finished the episode. So, somehow, more diversity leads to more suppression of speech. And yet, the solution is more diversity. They solved it.